0: Welcome to Daily Sports uh, Locker Room Podcast. Familiar faces on again tonight. Mark Dorn, uh, current Wicklow coach, Danny St. Ledger, uh, since investors manager. Lads, we're reviewing the semi-finals. Uh, Turlock O'Brien's running away a wee bit late tonight. Turlock's going to join us. He's on his way back from, from Sample Stadium. Heart like a lion travelling down there today. But we're, we're going to start, obviously, with the, the game that everyone's talking about, Glenn and, and Kilmacud. And obviously, uh, sort of a rematch from last year's, uh, probably... Would you probably call controversial final where people talk about this asterisk beside the final, Daniel, with with, with the, the sixteen men on the field at the end of the game, and obviously you know Glenn have been waiting a long time for this opportunity, and I would say when the draw was made, uh, and Ulster were playing Leinster, I would say probably
1: Malagy and the boys probably had one eye on this. Would would, would you agree? Yeah, look, it looked like it. Um, I I thought they brought all the fire and fury in the first half. Really, you know, it was. I thought Crocs were very passive. Like I thought, I thought they tried to a policy of containment nearly for the for, for the maybe forty-five minutes. I'd say they 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 didn't really squeeze kickouts hard. They, the The passive was the only word I could describe him as. And I thought Glenn just picked him off. It Looked like Glenn learned an awful lot more. It's, you know, I, I we were chatting here before about maybe the possibility of matchups with Connor Glass with Bradley and these ads. I I thought Glenn were kind of clever the way they utilized Glass. Um, especially on kickouts and stuff like that. They dropped him into the D an you know, awful lot. He picked up an awful lot of short, short sort of ball and kind of set up an awful lot of attacks. And, you know, we, we've talked about Croak dropping off kickouts before and, you know, it works against probably 99% of teams, but it's, this, this Glenn team are so well organized, so well coached that you just can't afford to give them a consistent platform. And I think you saw in the last 15 minutes when Croaks actually went hard after the, after the kickout. They got some returns off it, you know, and I think Len looked a little wobbly. But, um, no, they were I thought they were fully deserving for it. Should, should have won, but sort won more comfortably. I thought. Um, Ryan Dugan. I know I texted you when he went off, and Ryan Dugan went off. Paul Mannion almost immediately came into the game, and I think that was a massive turning point from there on in. And it was um hard to hard to watch, hard to kind of get a real sense of the game. But I I have said Len looked. I won't say comfortable, but they should have won they should have won five or six points I
0: think you
2: know
0: yeah I was at the game and just to say that Daniel I didn't think at any stage at all playing were, were in any danger of losing the game I thought conditions as well Thought the referee in the second half, Mark. I thought Connor Coon, or Connor Lane, sorry, made some big, big calls. Um, you know, one in particular were the the I think it was Glass, uh, Ethan Doherty, I think maybe McFall had surrounded Craig Das, and the, there was no contact. They had just literally bottled him up. It was an over carrying call in my opinion. Now we gave a free in, and it actually led then to the goal. And I have to say now that the ball Dorney from uh, Shane Walsh, like, was was absolutely what you would call in GA terms world class, like, like it was it was a phenomenal pass, you know, and not too many players would have been would have been capable of seeing or even executing that pass. But how did you see that that moment where it started to, started to turn? Like, how did you see that?
2: Well, look, I do think I know uh, Daniel mentioned. I think Ryan Dugan off was a massive, massive blow for Lein. Plus, look, they did sit back a wee bit, and they do they are inclined to do maybe that. Look, you have to remember there were seven points up, and they maybe thought, look, well. Close her up here, and we'll see it out. But look, there's and Daniel also mentioned the kickouts. I think Glen went and I'm sorry, Kill McCodd went and a really aggressive press went after Glen's kickouts. The game started to turn. I'm actually shocked. I would say Robbie Brennan Now maybe his management team thinking and that was probably a mistake they got around Glen or Glen are the one team club team in Ireland. They're so good at building from the back, like Connor Carvel, Warnick, Doogie, and these boys, they're so good at building from the back. They get a spread of scores. to the one team in Ireland you can't give the ball to. They are the one team where you have to press the kickouts and press it hard. And I think if look back, they'll probably think that was a big mistake. But look, I do believe, Ryan. like Paul Mannion was very, very quiet. And then Doogie went off. And that, that would be a big, big worry for Lane because when Dougie's not in there, they don't have the same, they're just not the same team back in there. And I do think him going to have Paul Manning come into the game. Like, to be fair, you mentioned Shane Walsh's pass, it was excellent. But to be fair, you think Spike Warnock had a serious game on him to keep. Yeah. All right, Shane Walsh got 1 1, but the goal right at the end. But look, and Warnock went up the field, kicked the point. I thought, Glenn, their matchups were perfectly, but the last 20 minutes probably, and it's probably a good thing now. Glen can go into the final with plenty of plenty of learning whereas they had to find the game out by six or seven points. There may be that yeah. wee bit of complacency, but the fact now they've went in and they could have lost it, to be fair, when you think a minute in like a minute left of the draw game. Now, to be fair, I think it was Glenn were seven up at one time and Kilma went and kicked one four. And to be fair to Glenn they went up and got the next score and went in front, they always were just able to go and get the, the next score. But you think of it. Right, and we didn't mention Jack Darty went off after 15 minutes. Another yeah.
0: big, big blow. Just, just on that, Mark, just on that Jack Darty, I have it down here in my notes here. Uh, Brian Sheehy, like red card material, like you know, it was very, very yeah. high challenge. It actually, you know, was dangerous. Elbow was up. Uh, what was your view on it?
2: Yeah, I thought at the time, well, look, I thought at the time he's definitely going to get booked or something, but it was actually surprised there was no. Yeah. It wasn't just a free. And then I actually I think it was just it was Glenn, I actually was sitting down just not too far from the Duggan. It seemed to be the way it wasn't actually the comp the way he ladder his knee they were worried about it was his knee was giving yeah. him the problem. Now it was and to be fair, Glenn were going right at that stage, but I do think Kill McCod did give Glenn a, I think they get him a foot up into the game by give him the kick outs and yeah. allowed Glenn to build from the back like their spread. Glenn's the one team in Ireland have a serious spread of scores. They don't rely on their six fours, just scoring they had yeah. a spread of scores from all over the team but if you think like Emma Bradley had a massive game for the McFall like, had a massive game to be fair Ethan Doherty had a big last 15 minutes when they needed him he was in and out of the game but it's just like Kilmacott I think will regret the not pressing the kickouts like it was a big big blow and it, then when they started pressing they started getting hands and balls before dice, and them started breaking around it but look that Twenty-minute tournament it was a big, big turning point. for Kill Cod, but look, to be fair, I do think Ryan Dugan going off allowed Mannion into the game. Yeah, but it was I a wonderful lot. Like we talked about not seeing, but I know, like I thought, you were delighted that you were there. Everybody was talking about the conditions and stuff, but I yeah. don't think uh, I think there was fifteen thousand people there. There wasn't one of them fifteen thousand people who walked out through that gate and went, "No, I wish it wasn't there." I thought it was Come a on. great advertisement yeah. for club football. The atmosphere and even the build-up yeah. going to it was brilliant just for club football.
0: Yeah, I was actually at the game myself, and I was actually standing beside Jody Gormley, who who managed throw like this year, like, and you know, and we were just chatting about Daniel Weaver this conversation as well about how the club game. I think personally. Is nearly surpassing the intercounty game now you know with, with with enjoyment and obviously the involvement as well of of you look at the coaches that were involved there today the likes of Robbie Brennan uh you know uh Malik O'Rourke, Ryan Porter Peter Donning from the Scotch Kevin O'Brien David you know David McKeague like real real good quality coaches like and you're sort of looking at the county game now maybe a bit of a bit sterile and you're sort of thinking there's maybe 26, 27 counties that are that are possibly wasting their time like but but mark talked about uh Daniel the Glenn spread of scores ten different scores And 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 nearly it was nearly like as Michael Warnock's performance on Shane Walsh today. Like Shane Walsh finished with one two, one free kick. The goal, which you can't really sort of, you know, blame Warnock for it was just a long ball into the square as an accident. But you get one score from play, which was a phenomenal score from from the edge of the forty-five that you you sort of take your hats off. But Warnock was outstanding. But certainly Glenn's spread of scores, Daniel probably just Probably just edged to
1: edge that over uh, over over reliance on Manion and Walsh. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. And, and we kind of built it up. I think in the last podcast we were talking about just having two of probably the like top ten forwards in your team. You know, and uh, sometimes it's very hard not to not to rely on those sort of lads. Do you know what I mean? And and like even in the first half, Walsh had a couple of poorish wides, Manion had a couple of wides. A different day maybe they pop over and it uh, looks different but I, I to, to be fair to to be fair to Glenn I, I thought how they moved the ball how they they like Crooks got numbers back fairly regularly and and as you know there were times where it was kind of stagnant enough pieces of play but there was one there was one little movement I think it was the time Emmett Brower it was a time that, the, the, the yeah the red card sorry for she well it should have been a red card in my opinion on that yeah. um and there was a lovely little backdoor cut, I think it was by Jack Doherty. And it was just it was just a lovely succinct piece of movement that was able to to, to chop down kind of a, a fairly heavy blanket from Crooks, And that that kind of you know that 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 sort of that sort of creativity I, I thought was was really nice in patches from Glen whereas I, I think Crokes overdo the overdo the, the slow build-up sometimes, and and there's times where maybe a quick transition might be on where they'll take the the, the, I won't say the safer option, but they'll take the kind of, that's a slower, more methodical approach. And again, that probably works against 99% of teams, but um, like I, I thought the two matchups were fascinating. I thought Dugan and and Mannion was a really, really good contest. And Dugan came out on top of it, to be fair to him. Um, Warnock, and, Warnock and Walsh, like Walsh looked like he could have done something. It looked like maybe... There was a couple of times in the first half. He stepped off his left, off his right foot, and went to go. And you're thinking, oh, this could be on, but nothing really came of it. But it was, um, yeah. I I thought, I thought it was just a, a top quality battle. And, and comparing the, comparing the two games, you know, I watched both on TV. That looked like that looked like top top level county game. The way both teams were coached, the way they were going about their business. In comparison to the first game, which is a little bit more. I know we'll talk about it later, but it was a little bit more what you would associate as a a club game. You know that sort of way. There's a bit of naivety and a bit of innocence. But these two teams, like, and you have to give credit to Crocs today as well. To be fair to them, like, I mean, they're they they maybe in years gone by, a good few years ago, they could have been thrown at them. they were a little bit wishy washy and mightn't fancy the battle. But like to come back from where they were, I thought showed a real, I thought showed a real bit of determination. And I, I think there's an interesting caution point in the in the in the kickouts because. When they went after them, they 100% got value off that, but also Glenn got two glorious goal chances that they probably should have finished, so it's it's really interesting, where are you, how far do you go with your system, and I don't think folks changed a whole lot from what they've done all year, until it was probably too late, they probably needed to flick that switch at half time maybe, I think, and go after a little bit more, but it's... um. Yeah, that's the, that's the roulette of the kick-out sometimes. Not yeah, sometimes. I, I, I went to watch them last week, uh, boys, against
0: the Queen's. They were playing Queen's University in a challenge match, lads, in, uh, in Park Eshler, right? And obviously it was a run-out because the week before... Glenn had played Hannah in a challenge game, so obviously the Down County Board had had facilitated both teams, you know, to to play on the field. No one was getting an advantage, right? Here is a quite a tighter field, right? Ah, uh, it's not not overly tight, Mark, but it's it's a it's a tighter field, right, than than Croker. It doesn't have the open space Croker. This time last year, Kilmacud, I think played six seven games in Crow Park. This year they've been out of Crow Park and they've looked vulnerable in certain occasions. They looked vulnerable in RD Daniel against against uh, Saint Mary's. They they certainly look vulnerable today, they were beating today. Like and is it a case? You know, even from a county perspective, I know I'm sort of going off track a wee bit, but I'd love to know your opinion, on this Mark. Even from like Dublin's point of view, would it be fantastic to see Dublin playing a championship game in Park Eschler against, you know, a Tyrone or a Donegal or something like that in the in the you know in the in the new format of the of the county season? Like, I just think it would it would just change the dynamics of the game. Like, it's it's not as a great leveler, but I just think it. You talked about the occasion, sense of occasion. Nearly a packed house today. You could feel the atmosphere. You could feel the tension around the place. You know. In comparison to imagine that game was in Croker the day, don't even 15,000 people, how empty it would be, how soulless yeah. it would be, you know. That's my yeah. Opinion.
2: Well, funny enough, you're I couldn't agree with you more about the county Dublin coming out. And actually, I remember being at the Kilmacudden Lane game last year in Croke Park, and mm. like it was the atmosphere wasn't there, wasn't even a quarter of the atmosphere as it was the day. Mm. It just felt the tension you could feel, even. You, you know, in along both lane, sideline benches, <clears> and <throat> that you could feel yeah. the tension along the lane and the crowd. When you're in Crow Park, you didn't feel that. There's nowhere near that sort. Same atmosphere, but now, look, make no mistakes. Glenn would have been delighted to play Kill Macauldon Park yesterday. The, the day that look, you asked him, do you want to let him run after Shane Walsh and Paul Manion and the boys in Crow Park, or either are tighter space in your end? It does it plays tighter. You know, with the crowd in close to the sideline and stuff, and it does play tighter. Look, to be fair. But look, Glen still deserved their win. But look, definitely, that's a good point you've made, I think, is get to the point you'd love to see the Dubs in the road, just like it was good to see Kilmacud being took out of Croke Park. And like last year, they do have a serious advantage. I think they played the semi-final of Leinster, final of Leinster, fourth or second round of all. Massive, massive difference. They played the large semi-final last year in Crow Park in the final. Yeah. So look, it does make, even surroundings, chains, rooms, everything just being used yeah. to it. Where today they were coming in the park, Esker, them and Lane 50 50. Look, and it be fair, look, it did suit Glen. And the way the fan Glen are really, really good at getting bodies back. And they do, like, they, they, they nearly go like a NARA 1v1. They don't be allowed. Very rarely you see a Lane man caught 1v1 and around the D or backdoor cuts. They're that well compact and tight. Whereas mm-hmm. in a bigger pitch and crop target is very, very hard mark that space where near it just wasn't as much but look take nothing away with the like Glen I still think Kill McCudd with the Ork are their own downfall in the fort like they went 2-0 up and then just to give Glen the kick out and as I, I keep repeating it but Glen's the one team who builds scores so easily from the back. And look I do think Kill McCuddle when they analyze it tomorrow or Tuesday will think maybe that was a mistake because when it did go out at Dice and these boys started breaking ball and they, they stood didn't. they'll start at winning breaks and to be fair Danny made a good point when the press was in, Glenn did score, when the game went to draw, and the the aggressive press, last flicked it on, they, they were able to still get the couple of wee scores they we needed to be fair, like, but I do think Glenn probably should have been out of sight, probably shouldn't have allowed the game to go back the way it was, but definitely, I know when it went to draw, you went. I know you said you didn't feel Glenn were going to get beat, but I did think when it went to draw, now's a real test of character, and before the last Nick Ball kicked out, Hunter, yeah. but even if you think, it just shows when the pressure comes on, um, or Colin and, and Colin Bradley and and Blaine goes. Remember they got back to that point again. Everybody thought when even dotting the ball in the net, game over, up yeah. the field. Shane Walsh checks the ball in the net, and, and next time Blaine Goal, Colin Bradley's kicked out. It goes straight out over the line. Yeah, and, right. and they got away from it. They got away with. They, yeah, they really away just straight after. Yes, that, yeah. they got away with. Like they did get away with that there. But look, sometimes you, you make your own luck. And probably Blaine thought that there were a wee bit of luck when it again them last year. Yeah. And they I'm got sure
0: the wee bit the green. Yep. Uh, Daniel, just before I bring Tarligan, um just one wee thing there I noticed today. Like Against Queens a couple of weeks ago in a challenge match, I noticed Kilmacud trying to sort of play the stacked attack where they're pushing eight nine bodies in, and they did it a couple of times today. But actually, in the first half, they were caught. They were, they were caught. They were turned over for over or touched on the ground on the edge of the D. And there was a counter attack where Ethan Doherty played the ball in. I think it was to uh, Jack Doherty actually who ended up picking it off the ground. But the Kilmacud goalkeeper at this stage was actually on his own 45, chasing back. They were caught very, very badly. The same thing happened in the second half as well for the Ewan Mulholland goal chance. It was 11-5, massive goal chance, 3v2 opportunity. If you watch that back, it's in around about the 42nd minute and they didn't take it. But see that that sort of tactic, Daniel, of pushing those bodies forward? It certainly leaves you very, very vulnerable at
1: the back unless, as Mark says, you're really competent on the ball like Lane. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's not something you'd want to be only trying maybe two weeks before you're playing a game like this. You know, if be you want to be something you're you're drilling and training time after time, and it's it's your your anchors at the back, your quarterbacks would want to be very secure on ball and very good ball players to be to be confident enough that they're if they're the last man that they're able to retain possession because it it, it does while it does drag your defensive zone out of out of shape and you have to follow five six men into the full forward line, it it does leave you really exposed and. Especially with conditions like they are today, as you said, maybe different story. Summer football, it's a lot harder to win turnovers with dry ball and it's it's on a good side. But with a game like today, you've got a slip, you've got a <laughs> you, you, you've got a mishandle, something small like that could happen. You've got a, a corner lane that could come into the, <laughs> come into the equation as well. So look, it, it, it is high risk. I I still think I still think it's a, it's it's the best way of probably breaking down that kind of zone defense is to flood numbers inside because. I know from a defender's point of view, it just throws you off straight away. And if you're yeah. you're dragging your plus one back into the full back line, you might be dragging the midfielder back into the full back line where they don't want to be. That, that does create a consternation. But again, it's like the roulette with the kickouts. If it goes wrong, you yeah. could easily get caught out. And in fairness, that Ewan that, Will Holland uh, opportunity, that should have been a goal, you know. That yeah. You know? Yeah,
0: and Turlick, uh, good to see you in there, Turlick. But I know you were in Sample Stadium today. Well, obviously, we'll chat about that, obviously, in in a few minutes. But from your perspective of of the the Kilmacud game, you came up against them this year, obviously in the Lencer Club Championship. So you, you've you've analysed them, you know them, you know at first hand, like, but. There's so much expected, Turlock, of Shane, Shane Walsh and Mannion, you know. And, like, today they were way, really, really well marshaled today. Like, you know, Ryan Dugan, I thought, for 40 minutes, was outstanding on Mannion until he had to go-off injured. I uh, thought Michael Warnock was outstanding on, on, on Shane Walsh. Like, the matchups were absolutely perfect. But, you know, Shane Horn had a solid game, Turlock. You know, David, David Higgins and goals didn't do an awful lot wrong. I thought Craig Dias had a, had a real positive game in the middle of the field. But is, is there too much expectation or too much expected of those two men? What's your thoughts? Like?
3: Well, I don't think Kilma could expect too much of the two men, to be honest with you. I think that's a perception, maybe in in you know, on the media, maybe maybe along the general population, that these two guys are leading this Kilma Cud team to glory. Like, but when I see you know the performances of Walsh and Mannion this year with um Kilma uh, they've actually had quite enough games at times during the championship. Um, I mean, for instance, against their Oak, um, you know, Shane Walsh, he scored one, two, two points in a 45 and the goal was an injury time. F- phenomenal finish, uh, but very, very lucky to get the break. Uh, the ball hit his head and bounced forward. and He, he volleyed back at net like man in the same. He didn't score a whole lot against us either. It was the other players who did all the damage in the early rounds of the championship for Kim McCode, as far as I could see, you know. um, Darren Mullin, these lads, O'Connor, well, they-, they were very, very effective. Um so I, I, I don't think that's the case that they're all the eggs are no one bastard or two bastards, to be like. Um but I do think that they there might be a slight arrogance in how they're setting up the play, in that you know, if I I didn't see the game because I was coming back from Thurless. I was listening to the radio, uh, and I couldn't see the television anyway. But the, the fuck. But you know, giving up the kickouts against the Glen is Crazy, stuff in my opinion, they did the same against their Rogue We weren't expecting it, and it threw us. To be honest with you, uh, we were we were expecting to come really, really heavy in the kickouts, and I think we could have been a lot closer if if we had uh, if we had planned for that, you know. Um, so I think there might have been a little bit of arrogance about that to do that to, against against Glenn, A team like Glenn giving possession of ball so um. So look, a, a, a very hard game to analyse. Obviously, with the fog, I only saw it on television. Now and. Um look, kim could nearly they nearly stole it in the end, the fair to him, you know. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. Look, it's 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 set up now for Glenn to win that title.
0: I, tactically, lads, I I felt tactically Tony. I don't know, I know you said you were close to the dugout, I was I actually stood right beside the pitch as in like sideline level, uh at, at the fence because it was probably the only place you could you could possibly see the majority of the pitch, but the communication levels on the field from the players was outstanding. You know, you can see two sets of players, lads, who are supremely coached. Just what Turlock talked about giving up the kickouts, before the uh, the Glenn goalie had the ball down, lads, there was a call from McFall saying, they're, they're giving it up, they're giving it up, get up the field, get up the field. And Glenn were nearly pushing up the set into their structured attack, Daniel, straight away. While, you know the way most teams would take the short kick out, come out slow and laborous, Glenn were bang, 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 straight up. They're ready up the field, they're ready set up. And it just gives it just gives so much more to think about. And another tactical niche as well, which, which obviously was very evident. When Glen got that winning score mark from the free kick, which which looked like the winning score to put them uh 14-13 yeah. off, yeah. They pressed so aggressively and stayed with their press. And it was Connor Glass who turned the ball over for Ethan Doherty just to just to to obviously soccer style it into the empty net. And it just felt then then they dropped off the next kick out. And 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 give Kilmauk the opportunity to attack. And I was sort of thinking to myself, like, what they did—it was so brave in the 63rd, 62nd minute, the press after going to point up, whereas most teams' men would actually drop off at that stage. Daniel, you know, and I'm just thinking, Mark, like, from a tactical point of view, like, you know, surely that's a a massive, massive, uh, uh, you know, facet of the game that most teams should be thinking about now, when late in the game, opportunity to press, go after, you know, and put the pressure on, pressure
2: create and panic. Yeah, well, I actually I I don't understand teams that don't. I remember I'm just I'm very in a way. I, I remember last year's Ulster final, Armagh through level with Derry, and you're yeah. thinking going go and press the next kick out, and you just give them the ball, and they revert back. But yeah, look to be fair, that last and there's one thing you talk about leadership. Like you hear McFall and Connor last, and these boys today, the and it's just they know exactly every kick out. They're talking about what they're doing, but you can see. When they went after Connolly McGucklin got one to free, And to be fair, Connolly McGucklin was as cute as a fox. Yeah. He beat his man, and you could see him looking behind. He knew the defender was going to put a hand in. And the minute the defender went to put the hand in, Connolly just died. They walked across him and look, he took his ground. Well, it was a handy free, but yes, the aggressive press, the next thing, and they got the goal. But then you're thinking, right, we're going to let aggressive press. They're four up, and they probably thought, look, we've won the game, let's go back and sit back. Whereas maybe if they had a press, the next one again, yeah. The ball may have been a lot more. Look, it's it's always easy after. but the one thing about Lane was when they do... There's one thing Lane are really, really good at. The two things are they're really, really good at. They're really good at building score from the back, but they're also, when they go on one of them aggressive presses, like a 4-4-5, four, four, flood four inside, they put four across the middle, and they bring five across, and their back lane of five is usually with big man Last time at Bradley, now, I know Dougie was at the time, but that's usually a McFall and then Conlon. So they do flood big men. And I the back but look, it was a real risk and reward, and they scored what scored a goal from it, and it was like it's yeah. a point down because the press having to kick out, they were able to get a goal, but look, yeah. McCodd probably mucked about a wee bit much with it too, and yeah. as you said, Connor's last four to ten over, and Ethan Doherty'll never score an easier goal ever. You know, and Daniel, that that
0: you know, obviously pressing if you you're a manager yourself, like you go a point up, like it's so late in the game, the temptation is look, just drop to the middle and let them have it, and. It's actually inviting the opposition on. It's actually a great lesson for a lot of coaches there today. You know, how, what, what way Glenn approached those last couple of minutes.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I'm sure you remember the, the down game in the league in 2017, yeah. was it? And, and we yeah. just went level and we, the question was we'd, numbers up and do you stay up or do you drop and yeah. we dropped and I suppose look as Mark said kind of revisionism is always the right answer. So if, you know if we if we had turned them over around the middle of the field it's the right thing with the drop and if you if you can see the score is the wrong thing. But it is interesting though like and you're just as you were saying about that back line of five mark with Len like I mean a lot of it is to spot it's it's suitable to what individuals you have. So Glenn are very lucky that they have five monsters a monster fullback McFall center back they have two midfielders that are yeah. huge. They can put a massive line of five across their five if minutes. You
2: saying, Daniel, you are thirteen men, they're putting thirteen men inside sixty five yards too. Like if thirteen. they know Self-care. if they can if they catch it or break the ball down the body. The only thing is if you can get over that press, you're away, but look, there's not too many teams get over
1: it. Yeah, and and that's the that's the beauty of of the I, I think what teams are doing now at the moment, which is as Steve you mentioned, you're picking and choosing your moments. It's brilliant, like that you have that as you said, the roulette of the kick out, like you know, it's it's literally one break, one way it could be gold. One side, one break the other way it could be gold. But back to far side, you know. So it's um, it, I I think I think sometimes teams you you get a sense for what's happening in the game as well. You get a feel for the flow, the energy, where it is, like you know. And I think it's it's that comes to your on field leaders. We talked about Connor last before we talked about these lads who can sense what way the game is going at a given time because it's very hard to get messages at a, at that point in the game, you know. Yeah, I goal
3: totally- is I think you if you you drop off, you know, when you go that points to point ahead, a few minutes ago, well, a minute ago, two minutes ago, referees are, are, are inclined to play with the team behind. Correct. You Correct. know, to to, leave, to level it up, like you know, so there's a
0: huge risk. I think by dropping off, I think like, I... Ternick, you, were, you were involved in that game actually with myself that day, and I remember it very clearly what Daniel's talking about there because Kevin McKernan actually picked up a red card, Daniel, in that move. And Damon Walsh kicked the ball over the bar to make it 14 all, and we were six minutes over on the clock. um, And there was a sort of a call, will we press or will we not? And we decided not to press, thinking that the goalie would kick the ball out and the game would be over, you know, but he allowed for another minute. Mm. And you're sort of thinking you're a man up. It probably in, in hindsight, it probably was the wrong call, you know, to 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 drop to drop off the kick out, you know. But but Turlock, don't forget, St. Ledger made that on field call. We didn't have any any say in that call. Absolutely. St. Absolutely. Call. You know, you know, to <laughs> you like you would
3: both like I mean you're the first coach in GA to to Maybe the offset rule the whole time.
0: <laughs> 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 tell me this, tell me this, like, Coaching, it's it's evolved so much, hasn't it? Like, we're talking about a club game here where, like, the tactical innovations we're seeing there today, you know, and, and the learning from it, like, as I was saying to the boys, is, is second and all, isn't it really? Like, it's a huge, such a high level of coaching now, even at the club. Yeah, I, th-
3: I think, I think, yeah, despite the, you know, the criticism of the game, <clears throat> that there is, there is a huge um, change. Uh, happening at the moment I think that we're going to more I think a more offensive side of football and yeah. uh, teams are looking at more width and height and movement and uh, positions mean nothing you know I mean you, you see a team line up at the start of the game and uh, two minutes later uh, who's playing where you, 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 it's very really yeah. hard to follow uh, so there's an awful lot of innovation going on and yeah. I think the game is going to come into a really, really good spell in the next year or two as teams, as more teams get, get into the mindset of look at, uh, you know, blanket defences, you know, don't get you so far. You've got to put the scores on the board and I think it's starting to seep down at a club game. You can see it now at, at this level, obviously, all in clubs. So the final stage you're going to see it. Bridges are phenomenal Um, I think they're going to put a really good test on on onto uh, on the yeah. leg. Um, so that's I, I think it's fascinating I think it's fascinating and, and it is changing and I think it's going to be for the better
0: Well that's what I want to come to Like you were in Seville Stadium today you were at the St Bridges game against Castlehaven St Bridges very like playing seven different scores uh, Castlehaven very reliant on on, on Brian Hurley mm-hmm. obviously he, he got seven of their ten points I have to mention this straight out to you, like because I text Anthony Cunningham. He was on the TV a few times. I've seen more of him than I did of the match in TG Car. But I texted him and I said, to him, Ben O'Carroll, what a talent! Like and and he is a special player, boy. He is a special player. I thought he was outstanding today. He was outstanding in the first half. Yeah, uh, yeah. Second awesome half, second I'm half. Uh, well, it, well, it was, it was, it was a high performance. Seventeen minutes, Turlick, in the second half. So Bridges didn't score for seventeen minutes. Yeah, it was
3: a chicken high performance. Um, Go back to what we spoke about earlier. You know about nuri and and the tight, compact round and the spectators have been lost. The picture in Tauras today, I think there was three and a half thousand people in it, yeah. and no atmosphere. Uh, it's just the wrong place for these games. We yeah. need smaller provincial venues for for the club chance games. Fill them, have an atmosphere, have the crowd on your back, uh, have them create the atmosphere, having them putting pressure on the team and encouraging another team. You know and. I just think we, we we lose out as a result of playing in front of, you know, empty stands. Empty stands, you know, on the television. It doesn't look well. Uh, so I think they really need to go back to looking at the venues for these things. But to go back to the match itself, um Castlehaven were very one-dimensional. Uh, it was really about getting the ball to early. Uh, they were too slow, too pedantic. Um didn't have many ideas in my opinion, didn't have any idea about how to use space. Um Absolutely clueless about it, to be honest with you. Whereas on the other side, I thought British were immense in the first half. Jesus, that's the best fantastic football. Absolutely fantastic football. From 1 to 15, the way they move the ball, they're moving themselves. You know, the diagonal runs, you know, men taking on men, going for a second ball, all of that was in their game. Like, you know, and, you know, it wasn't just Ben and Carol, all those forwards were live wires there today. Like, you know, but second half then with like a switch, um, they didn't they didn't they didn't really switch on at all in the second half they kicked five six wides in a row and why uh,
0: was that Turlek? why was that do you think i
3: two things strike me uh, one was that the far side of the pitch which you wouldn't see on the tv cameras was frosted mm-hmm. so maybe the play wasn't on that wing as much and on the other side you're kicking into that very very strong sun it was really really strong and bright there today hard to believe the contrast between yeah. two games and I know Brian Hurley's first free, for instance, was into the sun from the wrong side for him as a right-footed kicker, and he kicked it wide. You know, he actually had a few, a few poor wides today from yeah, did. or shorts. A lot yeah. of ball dropped short. Uh, Haven would be very disappointed, I'd say, with their with the return from their attacks. You know, I mean, a lot, not a lot of ball dropped short for them today. Um, but for me, Bridges are a real, real genuine contender for the final. I yeah. believe that if the team that turned the first half turns up for the honourable final, it's going to be a cracking game.
0: I, I agree with you, Tarnock, and I think Crow Park will suit their style of football. They kicked the ball quite a bit in the first half, they used they the foot pass quite a bit. You know, I thought, and yeah. yeah. think of the first half, you know, they scored, I think it was one, I think it was one, uh, one seven they got in the first 1-7 half. One seven to six, yeah. One yeah. seven to six, and I think Ben O'Car was involved in one seven, either as a sister or a scorer. You know, he's every score. He was he was sensational. Like he's obviously been a, a big asset for for Parker yeah. was coming too. But Daniel, you watched the game as well, obviously. Uh, Castlehaven did have goal chances, Daniel. They really did, especially in the first half too. They hit the crossbar, mm-hmm. and they had another great chance just before halftime from Hurley as well. But very reliant on Hurley, I think.
1: Yeah, I I partly agree with Tarlow's overall analysis. Just coming back to the, the 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 venue probably added to the it didn't feel like championship pitch. It it felt a little bit as I was saying to you earlier. It felt like a traditional club game with mistakes and a bit of naivety. Whereas the game up in Yuri felt really hot and heavy. And I, I I'd say that could have actually been something to do with the ground as well. I I, I would say. Um, like the, the, I I thought I I thought bridges were the better team, but. Two two shots off the crossbar. Hurley misses two twenty-one yard frees. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark Collins dropped one short. Missed a couple of forty fives. Like that, it could have e- could have easily won it at the same time. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. and and we were talking about up being over reliant on forwards. Like Glenn will snuff out Ben O'Carroll as good a footballer as he is. There yeah. was nothing out on his own. There, there is going to need to be a bit of a supporting cast there, but it was. I I actually really enjoyed it as a game of football. I thought it was the the, the mistakes made it very enjoyable. It was it was kind of up and down a little bit, and you probably didn't really know what's going to happen at a given time. But um, yeah, Castleville were, were were overly reliant on Brian Hurley. Michael Hurley played very deep, and and there was no link. But it, it seemed like Brian Hurley was 50, 60 yards away from the attack, and there was no link in between the two. Um. I, I thought that the Brian Sack and Brian Hurley was a brilliant battle. Actually, I, I thought Brian uh, Sack. Sorry, go on, go on.
3: The, the yellow card that was very very unfair. I mean that yeah, was a well, challenge, yeah. 50 50 it challenge. Was, yeah. No way was it a free even. And you gets the yellow yeah. card, which you know, so it might have impeded him afterwards. That, but uh the, the defending of, of Bridges is very good, lads. One on one defenders are very very good. Um, yeah. I I I give him a really chance. Honestly, give him a real chance. Mark,
0: I I um. I had Eddie. Eddie coached Eddie for one season there. Actually, he's a great footballer. Eddie Nolan in the middle of the field, I would say he'd probably match up maybe on on Connor Glass in the in the final. Uh, Eddie's a real competitor. I know that day that he played against Dublin in the National League, he picked up Fenton and did a real, real good job. And I'm like, so, you know, I'd say he he'd probably obviously match up on uh, on on Glass. Do you think obviously Warnock will pick up Beno Carroll? That that would be a that would be an automatic. What do you think?
2: Yeah, or don't look at the plans. Warnock probably or Doogie look, to be fair, Doogie. Ryan Dugan has picked up. I know in the Derry Championship this year, nearly picked up Shane McGuigan for a while. He picked he does, he is their go-to man between one of the two that we look between. It'll be Dugan or Spikes. It'll be one of them two ways. And look, I think it was Daniel mentioned or St. Bridges are going to need the supporting cast to be well support. But look, I would give St. Bridges a big, big chance simply because you I think you actually said it. At Crow Park will suit them big, wide-open space. They're a running team, and they're very, very young. I read somewhere maybe. There's 12 or 13 of them all, 24 and under. So they're a very, very young squad. Now, a lot will depend on, as I said, Glenn's injuries, Ryan Dugan and Jack Doherty. It'll big, big, uh, just be big question marks over that. Look, you should have been Conard last. But I think, look, Emma Bradley has been exceptional this year in the Dairy Club Championship. And I was just sitting there for Glenn in the Dairy Club Championship and in the Ulster and in the day. And I was sitting thinking, how big of addition would he have been for Derry the day again, or he had been available for Derry, again, Cherry and L.I.R. semi-final, bringing him in with it, because he would have been a massive, massive, and I think, um, I could be wrong here, but I think I did have this conversation with a couple of slot Neil Weiss, a few weeks ago, that at the time he was away in his honeymoon, and then when he wanted, he wanted, when I think Gallagher wanted him back in, he had only home when he wasn't that keen in coming back in, wanted a couple of week, week break, and then when he wanted to come back in, I think it was a few weeks before the Ulster final, Gallagher didn't want him back in because he didn't come in when he was supposed to come in. So, look, he would have been a massive addition for Derry because you see him the other day. He would up fetch two or three scores. And look, it's still, still the still most important player in the field, Is still that way. He can kick the ball over from 30 or 40 yards and he kicked two or three monster points a day. And look, he would have been a big, big hanger. Will you think it lands midfield Connor Glass and Emma Bradley? It's a core platform.
1: Yeah.
0: Really? Yeah. I I actually said that to you that the day, Legend a text message like Emmett Bradley, like he's. Well, he's, a, he's a beast he, of a man
1: the, the, and, and Mark makes a good point there with midfielders very hard match up with midfielders consistently you can match up in a corner forward and suffocate them, but midfielders yeah. can come late onto the play and when you have a boot that's accurate from 40 plus metres like that's that's a massive advantage as well You know yeah. that'll be a good battle actually because um, Rory Maguire and, and and Eddie went out of Turley hammer and tongs today as well. They, they had a good matchup. So that'll be, yeah. that'll be an interesting battle. I, I'd say it actually, it could be a really, really good game of football, I'd say. Yeah, I, uh, it, it could yeah. be. And,
0: and Turlick, Daniel mentioned Daniel mentioned Rory Maguire. Like, there was a big moment, Turlec, 43rd minute. It was eight, it was not 8-1-7. St. Bridges hadn't scored, obviously, for the first 12 minutes of the half. Didn't score for the first 17, obviously, in the second half. But uh, Hurley slipped in Rory Maguire, one-on-one one with the keeper. It was probably easier to score. And he smashed the, the underside of the crossbar. Like you talk about moments and games, Tarnak, like moments decide big games, don't they? Like absolutely,
3: yeah, yeah. No, definitely other chances all right, like, but having said that though, I just I just thought that Bridgets were, were completely in control uh for most of that game. Uh you know, even in the second half when the when they were when they weren't as effective, uh, they never looked to be in danger, to be honest with you. Um, I I just think they have size as well, uh the physicality that will be able to match. Glenn in the final. Um middle third, they're they're big men. And you know, to play a physical game at the back, forward movement is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal, lads. Um if they're on song, uh I, I give them a great chance, but their second half performance there was disappointing. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it to be honest with you. Uh, I, I I said at half time. Uh, Castle Levy got two points just before halftime to give him itself a chance in the second half. And in fairness, they took it, you know, uh, they, they slowly whittled down the lead, like, but uh, they closed out in the end. Uh, but it was, as suppose, a little bit shaky towards the end, you know, that they had to hang in a little bit. But they were certainly certainly the better team, no question of it. And... Um, no, they have to have size and physique, lads. Uh, I think they'll I think it'll be a good battle in midfield in between the four the four boys. Um, you know, can taken off after today towards the end? Like, but two big mobile midfielders for for them and the, the space in club park will suit them.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I I'm looking forward to it, lads. Looking forward to it. Ah, uh, just probably quickly to finish off, man. Uh, obviously we'll we'll get together maybe after the final and, and have a chat about it. But, ah, uh, final mark quickly. What, what's your views quickly?
2: Glenn just about but it would take they're going to need Ryan Duggan and Jack Doherty if them two's not playing maybe advantage to Bridget's because the two of them especially Dougie, Dougie's a massive effort playing, but playing Glenn's at fault then plan just about
1: Yeah Daniel Yeah i probably agree with Mark there the, the injuries will be significant one way or the other but um, I'd say Glenn if, if fullback.
0: fall back you've had a wee soft spot for Bridget's all year you've been to see them three or four times you really really like the look of them don't you uh-huh. I
3: do, yeah. I think if the player did it in the first half, they have every chance. Mm. The second half, no chance. That's yes, yeah, yeah. it, you know. So yeah. uh, that was the, probably the worst 30 minutes of football I've seen them play this year. Uh,
0: it was the second half today. But yeah.
3: game conditions today were
0: slightly different mm-hmm. than normal. Interesting too the maturity of that group too, lads. The Glen group, like there was no mad celebrating there the day, like there was no mad celebrating. Daniel, you know, you normally sort of see a team celebrating. You're thinking, ah, you know, but there was no mad celebrating there.
1: It, it was it was yeah. a weird finish actually. With the, when the goal went in, every, it was a bit surreal because no one could see yeah. if it was in or not on TV, and everyone yeah. was the commentary was a little bit behind. And then when Walsh had the chance, we we assumed there was another yeah. play, and Lane blew it up. Second uh, yeah. of yeah, so those early,
2: yeah, yeah. You
0: know, but, uh, Circumst- what uh, I think the circumstances in much claim were 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 beaten in last year. I think, and I just think that they're between their teeth. I think they really really want this, uh, you know. And and obviously bridges too. Ten years ago, Terlake Inc Bridges won the All Ireland in twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen, yeah. So you know, there's a bit of a bit of bit of bit of tradition there too as well. No, lads, listen. Thanks very much. Great insight and. Uh, It'll be it'll be an interesting final Crow Park as well. Both teams like to play uh, uh, good football, so uh, please God it'll be a good game. But listen, lads, thanks very much. And uh, I think it was worth noting uh, as well that a couple of big wins this weekend. I see London beat Mayo in the in the in the yeah, in yeah, yeah. huge win, a huge win. Um, yes. Yes. I, know, I know Mark your fella your own brother played for London for a number of years right Connor?
2: yeah he played for them looking as good as pretty far as that and there's actually another long stone man involved and Garth, I think was in the bench so very good it right. was good to see. Look, and to be fair, London's doing serious work now. So look, yeah. I think if uh, they're looking to manage or coach me, and you could maybe take that up next year, we'd be too poor well, in a, London.
0: I'm I'm a fair of flying, so Ledger's your man there. He's your man. <laughs> <like, laughs> <cat>. I'm, <laughs> of, I'm, I'm the goal, of it. Eight, i the I tell
2: I'm
0: you, Turlick, Turlick, will tell you. Whenever I get the fucking National League and Championship, I was driving the kit van over Turlick. Do you remember that? You didn't <laughs> need. fairness didn't. it, you did. It, yeah, ate, it over
1: twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> journey
0: over was good. The journey home wasn't so good. <laughs> it
1: wasn't the only big win in the group, was it? Where was that? It wasn't the only big win in the group. Oh, sorry. Her, Mark, had a, Mark had a big win. Like uh, comment on the street. They got a big win against Charlo
0: at the weekend.
2: Wick- oh, I thought I thought you were going to say Jimmy's bike winning matches. Is...
0: <laughs> Wicklow, Wicklow, got at the big win over Charlo at the weekend. That's that's Wicklow now installed. Hey, the, big in the, week-
3: the big win over the weekend. The big win over the was their winning the under twenty final against Palatine in replay.
0: <laughs> I I would have. Stop, I would stop have, the recording. Stop the recording. I would, have, <laughs> I, would have, I would have. Wicklow, Wicklow, Wicklow will be in there now in front of uh, and mead the second favourites for Leinster now. I'd say and just a uh,
2: uh, well, rugby? <laughs> <laughs> lads, <laughs> thanks a
0: million. Thanks a million, lads. Take care.
1: Right, right. you, lads.
2: Bye. Bye.